In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And welcome to this zero credit supplemental reading of Marvel's Avengers Infinity War. The Avengers! That's right, Marvel's Avengers Affinity Ward. <laughs> Marvel's Avengers Affinity Ward. For people out there uh, who don't know, I should tell you up front, a zero credit supplemental reading is a is a meeting. It's a, it's a meeting. <laughs> it's a, it's a we, meeting. It's an episode. It's an episode where me and Henry get together. We discuss something that we think is vitally important to the zeitgeist. Usually it's a movie or a cartoon. And uh, it is no holds barred, spoiler filled nonsense. All we do is talk about spoilers. If you have not seen Marvel's Avengers Affinity Ward, go see it now and come back. Pause it here. And then come back. Yeah, leave your phone on or whatever device you use to listen to it. Leave, you know, pause it, leave it at this precise moment, and then come back to it and hit play, and then you can hear the rest. Or hand it to someone who has seen the movie and let them enjoy it and leave a rating on iTunes. And then, judging by their face, you should judge whether or not you should listen to the episode, which you should. Yeah. But also, if you see the movie, which you should. Yeah, which is why I watch live streams of people's faces watching movies to tell if I should watch the movie or not. You know, that's the most honest form of criticism, but I don't <laughs> think that's either here nor there. What is here to stay is Marvel's Avengers Affinity Ward. I'm Henry. I'm John. And now we've introduced ourselves. Did we not introduce ourselves? You skipped right over it, buddy. It's all right. It's fine. We're going to move right into the the thrilling action of this movie. So I, I would like to say up front that we have a tendency in the past to get kind of stuck in the weeds about, like, recapping the plot we don't or the to. cast. We don't there, need to. There is no need with this movie because it is something that is so ingrained in the public consciousness and uh, so overloaded with with both cast and plot that oh, yeah. doing so would be a futile exercise. Also, you've seen it already. Exactly. And, and so, yeah, you know all the people. We're not even going to say a single name except for one later on. Uh-huh. And uh, you, you've seen it. You know the plot. However, did you know that this was the first Marvel movie of mine where I did not consider these actors to be themselves... But to be the actual characters that they're portraying. That's fascinating. Because, you know, you, you walk into a Captain America movie. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, that's that one actor. Chris Evans. Okay, it, we're going to say names. <laughs> yeah, we're going to say It's Chris Evans. It's Chris Evans' bicep helicopter. Yeah, it's like, oh man, he must have really worked out for this. This one, I didn't care about any of that. I was... They... They drew me in, John. They, uh... This movie had an effect for me that I'm sure it did for a lot of people where, and it might entirely be the Russo's brothers' fault, the Russo brothers' fault, the directors, by the way, the Russo brothers. Another uh, name, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I think that uh, this was maybe the second Marvel movie that 
sold me on Marvel's fiction. And that is obviously very rare because it's exceptionally hard to do. I was rereading through the plot of the first Avengers just a few of these just to get caught up. The storytelling in these movies is cockamamie in the extreme. Uh, you go back to the first Avengers and, and, and it's so slow. It's so plotting. It's so like, we need to connect these dots. And you can see the thinking like, how does this dot go to this dot? And they draw the lines. In this movie, it's like, there are dots that don't even get connected. Yeah. There are characters that never see each other. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and it works. It is, uh, it is something that you brought up when I was talking to you about the movie initially, uh, is that you said it was uh, similar to Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I, I've, seen, I've seen it a few times, maybe kind of said half ironically, half in jest, that this is The Empire Strikes Back of our time. Uh-huh. Which is like, I guess... Technically, Empire Strikes Back was before our time. Yes. But, I mean, we still grew up with it. <laughs> and, and I think that something about that really rang true to me, because a lot of what makes this movie so dynamic is that it takes place in the middle of something. Yes. It, it, is, it is a movie that starts in the dead center of some of the most upsetting, world-changing things happening in this ten-year-long universe. I, I, that opening... It's it's a few minutes after the ending of Thor Ragnarok. Where yeah, they came to some pretty great conclusions with that whole problem. Asgard is not a place; it's a people. Yeah. Well, okay. First few minutes of uh, Infinity War, all of the Asgardians are dead. Yeah. The uh, let I mean, if if we even want to maybe go through the movie in somewhat chronological order, just to kind of start with the thing that struck me about this movie immediately. It does something that pretty much no Marvel movie has done, where it sets stakes early, and they mean something. Because generally, when I go to see a Marvel movie, I'm like, I've paid somewhere between 9 to $15 for a new playset for these action figures I like. There's a new bad guy. He's going to be fun to see them fight. How are they going to win? This movie starts with a tone that is dire. Characters die seemingly permanently within the first five minutes of that movie <laughs> within within the movie hasn't even started yet you're seeing the the marvel stu- studio logo and you're seeing there, there's new stupid long intro but it's all silent mm-hmm. and then and the, very faintly you can hear an asgardian person calling for help in a distress signal and then it's just Legs walking over corpse after corpse. Like, we haven't even seen a character yet, and already we're surrounded by dead. Yeah, and it, it really, uh, it, it almost set the tone for me for the movie in a bad way because those legs walking over corpses almost made me sick because I was seated very close to the screen in an IMAX theater. Oh, God. <laughs> and that was a, like, a handicam shot. So, and with that being the first thing I saw, I felt sick. But then after that, I felt sick because of the darkness. <laughs> because of the fact that, hey, uh, your your characters that you, you've watched time and time again, they get into little scrapes. And sometimes, sure, yeah, they, they'll fail some of those little scrapes. But then they always pull together in the end and they win. Yeah. 
Well, it's hard to win when uh, somebody crushes your throat and just tosses you down like a piece of garbage, and then you explode. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a movie about failure. However, I think that there is a case to be made. Since we've all seen the movie. <laughs> Where do we start with this movie? I, but I think there's a serious case to be made for the fact that a superhero movie is genuinely good when it does one of two things. When it does something new with a character that has become unnecessarily muddied, uh, like Iron Man. The okay. Iron Man movies took the character of Tony Stark and kind of solidified him into this idea, kind of took the most interesting dynamic parts of his character and made a, a character for the silver screen uh, out of them but the the most important thing that is the the best quality of a superhero movie is if its tone is true to the character that is the protagonist like the deadpool movie is irreverent violent uh pop culture the captain america movie is both patriotic Patriotic? Patriotic. <laughs> Just because he's a guy doesn't mean it's a patriarch movie. <laughs> it's, patriotic. It's patriarchal. No, it's patriotic, but it's also... Uh, hopeful. Hopeful and, and critical of, of xenophobia and patrochialism. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the greatest triumphs are movies that match the tone of their protagonist. And Avengers, Marvel's Avengers Affinity Ward perfectly matches the tone of its protagonist... Thanos. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I've got so many things to comment on about what you just said. Because uh, one thing, there was a point in the movie where I, I turned to my fiance and I said, each segment that we're seeing is done in the style of their movie. Yeah. So like when, when the first time you see space come up mm -hmm. and it's like lingering and then you kind of hear the music, I'm like, it's Guardians. Uh-huh. And that's the only... There are two songs in the movie, mm -hmm. and one of them was in that Guardian scene. Yeah, it's all the little details from all the 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 this separate things mm -hmm. are being pulled together in the same movie, and, and that's where I thought you were going. But then you threw the curveball <laughs> that Thanos is absolutely the protagonist of this film. At, at some point, I realized that the story of the character of Thanos in uh, Marvel's Avengers Affinity Ward is so perfectly the arc of the protagonist in stories in Western culture. Like, he he has, like, a, a rise to prominence. He has a dark middle chapter. He has a moment of great sacrifice and ultimately victory. Yeah. It's just dependent upon the context of what victory means to you. There, there, there are points in the movie where you will believe that you're watching your favorite heroes struggle against great adversity, and you might think, hey, they're going to overcome these odds, and possibly through the power of friendship or what, what have you, and you would be wrong. Those are the enemies. Yeah, those are the bad guys. All of the Avengers are the antagonists, because they're standing in the way of the protagonists, and it, we're not just saying that because of the outcome. Yeah. We're, we're saying that because of... Definite decisions, directorially, authorly written, like written decisions, to portray Thanos in a, in a certain way. It, it's the way the movie's written. It it is portrayed in that you could the the Russo brothers really pulled off an incredible thing here because they managed to make a story about 
an incredible monster kind of make you okay with him. Not like a Breaking Bad, Mad Men, like, tough, like, difficult man way. But in a way that when you're watching it, it pulls at your heartstrings in the way that every other story that is sympathetic to its protagonist does so. Yeah, I I mean, Marvel is on a hot streak of villains you can either empathize with or sympathize for, Mm -hmm. starting with Spider-Man Homecoming. I don't... You saw that one? Yeah, I did. All right, so how that opens up with the Vulture. Yeah. Or just sort of like the origins of the Vulture. And how Black Panther, with Killmonger, you might not necessarily empathize with, but you definitely understand where he's coming from. I feel like Marvel really had that inflection point around Age of Ultron, where Ultron's a bad villain with a great performance, and then they started to tie good performances with good villains. Exactly. Like, well-written villains. And and so this movie, Thanos Wars... Thanos Wars... uh, Starts out, again, with the villain. Mm -hmm. Or or, or the perceived villain. Yeah. And and unlike the other movies, where, okay, you get scenes with them, you don't get flashbacks to Mm -hmm. very important moments in their past. Yeah, there, there is definitely, like, character dynamism that happens with the Avengers... But there is very little character development that happens in comparison to Thanos' character development, which is given the same treatment that a protagonist would receive. Yeah, you've got dedicated scenes to flashbacks of their past where when he kills half of Gamora's homeworld. You've got scenes between, like, scenes where he's vulnerable, where the, the villain is vulnerable, mm-hmm. visiting the giant throne on the spaceship with his long-lost daughter, an adopted daughter, basically, and going through their their past. Like, you used to say, you know, you hated me every day or whatever for 20 years. Like, all of these details that we don't get with other villains. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even, like, in, in, in conjunction with being a great protagonist, he also ticks all of the best boxes for being a great villain because within those first few minutes they when i said that they raise the stakes to a point that is uh sustainable but dreadful uh they do something with thanos that is very important to do with a villain especially in a franchise that has existed for a while you make them break the rules yeah because the the event the marvel movies particularly the avengers movies have a certain set of rules it is you don't kill Loki because he's the god of mischief and he's always an illusion. Yeah. Uh, and you don't beat up the Hulk. The Hulk is a deus ex machina that comes out of nowhere and beats the shit out of you. And Thanos just beats the shit out of the Hulk. Yeah. And that set the tone for the entire movie. And, and also made the Hulk not want to come out for the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was Which great. Is, I, that's a brilliant choice in of itself. Making the Hulk not a part of that movie whatsoever such a good decision. Yeah, and you want to talk about things, you know, those the the first of those two things that make a good movie, this is redefining the Hulk as not just an anger machine, but as a personality. Yeah, I Which, mean, Thor Ragnarok. Well, yeah, I, well, yes, it, ex- exactly. It's, it, it's an extension of that. And in the comics, of course, this has been done for decades. Mm-hmm. But in the movies, it's always like, okay, the Hulk is a weapon. The Hulk is not really an alter ego. It's just... You know, it's anger incarnate. I like Hulk as a character. 
Because it adds so much more to Bruce Banner's just whole deal. I mean, the the Hulk is a smart, interesting, motivated person within Bruce Banner. And this kind of goes into what uh, Affinity Ward does so well is that it edges this Marvel Universe into a place that it has been resistant to for a while, which is it, it pushes it over the edge into what has made Marvel Comics interesting since the late 70s and kind of on a gradient until the very early 90s, which is where they reached a point of stagnation where they very seriously needed to rethink how these characters are being portrayed because you had, you know, Spider-Man just being a kid who does good. You had the Hulk just being a manifestation of anger. You had Captain America just being patriotic. And then they forced these characters to take on depth and breadth and also create a lot of like weird space nihilism and uh, cosmic wizards, which this movie has in spades. Well, yeah. You gotta have cosmic wizards with your space nihilism. They they really did a, a great job... Uh, go, even going into the ending, because I think the ending's part of this, uh, they pushed it into what makes comic books interesting and in that they're capable of telling this multifaceted story about these people who are flawed gods. Yeah. And, and we've never really seen anything like what you just described in movies before. Because it, it it's it was seemingly impossible. Mm-hmm. A, a movie is just... It's a certain medium that has certain sort of like rules and one of the rules is you can't have 60 goddamn people in your yeah. movie yeah you can't have six uh, yeah you, you can't. can't have 60 named characters i mean like yeah and, and expect your audience to follow and care about them all but because they have had 18 films before this mm-hmm. over the span of 10 years that's insane when it said 10 i was like has it only been it's 10? It's only been 10. It feels like it's been 20. I know. But because they've had that, like, this, there's no other way to pull off a, this is like, I want to say, the first comic book movie yeah, ever. I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. It, it is, the Marvel movies are bringing something brand new to cinema, I think, which is the... Kind of the advent in cinema of long-term serial storytelling. Which, I mean, we've had sequels before. You know, you can have three Indiana Jones movies that tell a story. Yeah. But you don't have something this huge and shared changing hands so regularly. It becomes a comic book. It becomes this giant mess with huge continuity loopholes like Spider-Man happening somewhere between two to eight years before Infinity War. Somewhere in that spectrum. Okay. Because the the scene at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming says eight years later, which completely fucks up the timeline, which they ignore in... You'll read about it later. Okay. But they 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 did something in Infinity War that the... Inf- the What is it? Crisis on Infinite Earths was the... The DC? Nope. What's the name of the, the arc in Marvel Comics that this is similar to? Is it... And this might be a stretch. Infinity War? Maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but I think that they are doing something that the comics do in these big, like, long arcs mm-hmm. where they reset things. Yeah. They say, this is the tone. This is the story. This is the new normal. 
we we take these things they're disparate and insane and we bring them all together to a laser focus for this one thing that is painful yeah i, I mean this, this, we've seen this time and time again in comics and i think even dc started it with sort of their crisis seas yeah crises on infinite earth seas that was that was like the climax of the crisis seas and then they said no more crises yeah uh-huh. and they started naming them other things <laughs> they said the 52 and then the new 52 well yeah there was flashpoint that was, yeah, that flashpoint was a big where they made the brand news then there was darkest night and right now they're doing nth metal i don't want to get into it however and marvel of course they saw what dc was doing and said that just makes sense uh-huh. Pulling all of your 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 collective IP together into one big event makes sense. Mm-hmm. We just never seen it in movies before. Yeah, we we've never seen storytelling that is this varied go on for this long, and it's something that I think stories naturally have a tendency to do is to come together at these like prism points where they then branch out from there as new colors. Yeah, but I. I adore what infinity war did in that it did it in the way that comics succeed at doing this when they do it with intention with purpose and with little regard for making the reader feel good yeah uh infinity war is a horrible movie (laughs) it's a it's a gut punch it's a great gut punch like uh, so fucking ballsy (laughs) everything they did was so ballsy taking characters that are just merchandise machines, super-powered gods, and be like, no, let's tell a gut-punch, dark middle-chapter story that kills... Oh, the the fact that leading up to Infinity War, we on this very podcast were having the conversation of, who dies? I know. I, I thought... I thought... I didn't know how... Look, I have to say, I saw a half of a trailer... Mm-hmm. I read maybe a half of an article going yeah. into it. And, and I did. I was aware of all the buzz about, okay, who's going to die? I was like, okay, they're just saying it because it's a big movie. I think people knew how dark this movie got. Yeah, people people had to have known. I mean, there, I, there must have been some buzz that just wasn't available to the common person. I know that there were a fair number of interviews where people were saying, you know, ooh, the people were alluding to it in interviews. Also, I want to say Thanos, just going back, played by Josh Brolin. Another name, don't worry about it. Well, that's the one name I did want to bring up. Oh, but there's an interview with him that's great. Oh, because- It's two minutes long, and they're just talking to him about the movie, and they're like, what are these, these, these glove stones? What do they do? Like, it's like, I think it's Good Morning America or some okay, shit. Okay, so... And he's just uh, like, they're each a, a power, just very boilerplate answer. And they're like, do we ever see, do we ever see your character? Do we ever see Thanos with all the stones? Does he ever, will we ever see that? And he's like, well, I really haven't read the second script for the next movie, so I don't really know what's going to happen. That's like such a good answer. Oh, that's great. Such a good answer. That's great. Um, oh, I don't even know where we were. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, we, we, we had a dumb conversation about who's going to die. Yeah. We didn't realize there's going to be half the cast. Yeah, that was, uh... I mean, I guess we could just talk about it. it. It it still feels forbidden to discuss as an idea, but so people who died leading up to that, Loki really wasn't seeing that one coming. You called it. 
Did I? You said people said Loki was going to die. Everyone was saying it. I still don't know why they were saying it. Uh, I, Loki died. He died. Uh, Gamora died. Gamora died. Uh, Heimdall died. <gasps> yeah, Heimdall died. <laughs> Did you forget? I forgot Heimdall died. Yeah, no. Heimdall, Heimdall died. It was the best one. Um, let's see. Ebony Ma died. Uh, Obsidian Cull died. Oh, yeah, you're naming. You're naming. You're naming Thanos's children. <laughs> yeah, you can't name the okay, children. Okay. Uh, who else died? Irregular way. An irregular way. The collector. The collector died. Is presumed. Benicio del Toro is presumed dead, yeah. missing and presumed in a different Disney franchise. Unless he knew what was coming and he got out of there. Uh, all those dwarves. All those dwarves. There died. were like thirty dwarves. Now oh, all the Asgardians died. Yeah, a fucking million people. Maybe Valkyrie. We don't know. Yeah, probably never see her again. Which was like, <laughs> congratulations, you made it to the big leagues. You're in a Marvel movie, by the way. Your character's dead in the next one. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what to tell you. It just happened. Uh, but And then you have... And then you have... The Snapcher. <laughs> did you come up with that? No, no, no. Oh. An NPR article did. Uh, the Snapcher, yeah. Yeah, The Snapcher. Uh, oh my god. I want to walk everyone through my experience of The Snapcher. I'll, I'll add color commentary. I saw this movie in a packed AMC theater. I, I did too. We both wow. went to AMC. We both... Did suffered. You go, did you go to a Cinemark? No. Okay, yeah, we. I saw it in an AMC Cinemark theater okay. on a giant IMAX screen. It was their biggest auditorium. It was, uh, it was their flagship auditorium. Like, hundred and, like, multiple hundreds of seats. Okay. It was huge. Alright. And it was full, full, full. Every seat was taken. Week, opening weekend, matinee, every seat. People were, like, laughing, talking, making usual movie ruckus. Yeah. As it was happening. Uh, there were, like, people walking around with children. I don't know. Oh, the it was, children. It was still enjoyable. Oh, but when when that happened and it flashed back, I heard... When it flashed back to him talking to young Gamora, I heard people going, What? What is... They're like, some someone said this is bullshit. Uh, but then when it went back... The theater was inquisitive, and then when the first person got dusted, who who got dusted first? Was it just a person? It it might have just been a person, maybe. See, I I got to see it again. Uh, but whoever, whenever the first person got dusted, from then until the end of the movie, dead silent. Everyone shut the fuck up. Because it was, to them and to me, probably the most shocking thing I've ever seen in a movie in a theater. The most shocking, like, five to ten minutes. I don't want to... I don't know how long it was, but... Each time, each time someone got dusted, it surprised me. Yeah. Not that the fact that it happened, who it was happening to. I... And it's so... It so got me... Because when it started happening, I was like, I didn't understand. By the third time it happened, I got it. Yeah. And it was heartbreaking. Oh, when when King T'Challa goes to yeah. pick up his Kingsguard and just 
yeah. slips through the wind. All, all the all the people that we have learned to love the most and appreciate them. All the new Avengers. God. Dust. Insane. I could not believe that. Doctor Strange might have been the first one. Because he he, he might have been. We're in the end game, and yeah. then no, he said he he said we're in the end game when he gave up the time crystal. Oh. But he said I had to. I think he said I had to way. do it. It was the only way. Then he then he blew dusted. away. I wonder if he knew he was gonna dust. Yeah, I think he did because he Boy, foresaw. He, he saw it. Yeah, right. the one that got to me the most, and I think everyone. I, I know because I, they did it so well. It, it was it was Spider Man because. Yep. His spider senses let him know that it was happening before. And he, he had to deal with that weird existential thing that's like, I know what's going to happen to me, and yeah. I don't want it to happen. And, and like, oh. And, yeah, so so young, great performance, very heartbreaking. <laughs> I heard someone, I said the theater was dead silent. I heard someone choke back a sob when that happened. I, I said, oh, God, like yeah. under my breath. Not under my breath, that was out loud. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, God, no. Yeah. Every... Time. It's every every time it happened, it shocked me. And, and like, the, this was after... This was... J- Jamie and I had just, like, finished complimenting how well Tom Holland did in the movie. Yep. He, he is the most Spider-Man I, I've ever seen on the big screen. Of all of the Spider-Men, he is the best. Was the best. Now dust. Now dust. Yeah. I, the fa- Okay, so backing up, collecting myself... The fact that Thanos wins is the best decision they could ever make. Yeah. Not just for this movie and the and the, and the sequel, the one coming... Mm-hmm. Because, you know, between you and me, I've never been more excited to see a sequel. Yeah. No, if, if Thanos had lost, uh, I would... I mean, the movie would be a standalone item. It wouldn't have done... The one thing that it did that was most... That contributed the most to this universe. Like, I remember... I, I am a serial checker of my watch during movies. Okay. Uh, and it looks like I'm impatient. I just like to know what point we're at in the movie. Yeah. And at some point during the battle in Wakanda, I was like... There's like ten minutes left of this movie. How are, how are they going to beat him... Which I always have that thought in a Marvel movie because it's always like right at the last minute. My, my, no, my fiance did the same thing. She she told me afterwards. She checked her watch. And she's like, "How are they going to wrap this up?" Yeah, and they did. They wrapped. They it got up. wrapped up. But it, I think it's the one of the most important things that decision for Thanos to win is the most important thing to happen for cinema. Okay, we have a whole like collection of these long-standing franchises Mm -hmm. james bond jason bourne mission impossible fast and furious and then more classic ones as well that keep like dark universe stuff Mm -hmm. that keeps getting dredged up time and time again the one thing that none of them do is have the main hero lose it it it's such an incredible choice because i and maybe it's just because they have so much traction now that they can make that choice but Taking something that is... That's what got me because I'm like, clearly to these actors, to this dude, all of this is so precious. It's unthinkable that this could happen. Yeah. it's This is the first time I've been in a movie where I'm like, that's unthinkable. That's unreasonable. I I, I always don't... I, 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 I try to minimize how much marketing I'm exposed to with movies. I don't watch trailers. 
And, and it's because I want to be a kid again, and I want to be surprised at the movies. And time and time again, it doesn't happen. It's like, all right, it played out in the same trite way. This, I felt like a kid. Yeah. And what was great was I was surrounded by kids because I was at AMC, mm-hmm. and one of the kids, when people were getting dusted, just said in a very quiet voice, "What's happening to them?" Yeah, it was. How do you explain? I do- how do you explain to your kid the the fact that you can have a Marvel movie in 2018 and have something where you say, "How do you explain that to a child? What just happened in this major?" blockbuster cartoon explosion how do you explain the enormity of what just happened i it's i i don't want to sound too hyperbolic because it's certainly not the best ending to a movie in cinema history no no i'm not saying that but i will say and this can't be overstated it is the best possible way that that particular movie with those particular actors with that particular story could have possibly ended. I, I it could not that that movie for what it is could not be better. Yeah. If we exist in a world where every movie is Marvel's Avengers Affinity Ward, this is the best movie in existence <laughs> because every other possible permutation of that movie would have gotten that wrong. Yeah. W- within the context of what it is. A long-standing franchise of, of a long line of basically sequels. They're all in-universe. They're all yeah. a part of each other. It is the best ending in that. Yes, it is the... It is almost, one might say, the best movie in that. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. No, I, I, I honestly think that thus far, this is the best Marvel movie they've done because it's the most different. Yeah, it, it it's the most different, and I think that it's it exists in a in a strange kind of contradictory place where the only reason it is so good is because it stands on a body of work spanning the last ten years and billions of dollars, but it is the best of that because it uses that. Yeah, because every Marvel movie thus far has been a discrete piece of work with intertextual and inter and in-universe references that exists in this world but is of course respectful to that but tells its own story. This movie tells a story about franchises and about this franchise. And it knows that, and it weaponizes that. Yeah. The Russo brothers are smart people. And, like, (laughs) we kind of need to talk about, like, hope in this movie. Because they do a great job of establishing hope, of building up hope, one by one. The children of Thanos who have been thwarted. Yeah. Who haven't been thwarted up into certain points, they get get killed. And and the, the characters attain greater power and camaraderie through increasingly dire sacrifices. Yeah. To a point where it reaches this perfect crescendo, this battle in Wakanda where every hero has come together under the same banner, civil war be damned. They've all got their kit. They've all got new gear. (laughs) One of them has an axe. They all have their alts ready. Yeah. They're all going to hit Q at the same time. But they take this 
that in any movie, and in this movie, signals to the audience, this is it. This is what you've been waiting for. No, it is not. (laughs) Including, like, the ultimate sacrifice. Like, killing the one you love in order to save the universe. Yep. And for a second, for a second, the movie gives you, if you time it out, possibly eight seconds of hope. Yep. Until you remember fucking Time Stone. Uh... I, I don't know where, if there's a if there's any good point to talk about this, so I want to just inject it here and then we'll continue. This movie does Thanos's character right. He's not evil. He's not because Thanos is amoral. Thanos's character was initially created by Jim Starling or Starlin. He got credit. I don't. I don't. Yes. Yeah, so don't he is a he's a writer slash artist, and he created Thanatos. Oh. For a philosophy project, Thanatos is, to him, a human embodiment of Thanatos, which is what people coined Sigmund Freud's death drive. Okay. And death drive is the drive towards the destruction of self and the destruction of others, which Freud coined because it is the counterpoint to Eros... Which is the drive to, like, procreate, enjoy life, which up until this point, science was like, that's all we got. All we want to do is procreate. And then Freud said, why do we kill ourselves? Why do we do drugs? Why do we, why do we sabotage ourselves? Because we have a drive towards death. So Thanos was put into comics by, uh, by Jim and the other person who also wrote Iron Man 55 where Thanos first appeared. Jack Kirby. Sure. And uh, Thanos was uh, basically a Greek god. Okay. Uh, Well, the child of Greek gods, but he was born deformed, so he's like purple. And that's because the Eternals are gods, and he had what's called the deviant gene, which made him, like, evil and gross looking. Okay. And... (laughs) Kind of on the nose. Yeah. But he he was hated by his people. But his whole story does not matter. What does matter is... Thanos' one thing in the comics is he wants to cause death. He want it. Power doesn't necessarily matter until later yeah. when he becomes this weird, like, braggadocious king character. Thanos' whole thing is the love of his life is death. The, the, the entity, the concept of The cosmic of de- entity of death who is a woman. Yes. Yes. But also later on is just a skeleton in a robe. Well, a womanly. Yeah, Ske- a, a womanly skeleton in a robe. The cosmic entity that saved Deadpool's life and made him a character. Death. Death. Uh, but Thanos is in love with death and wants to impress her and wants to kill half of every living thing on Earth to prove his love. Yeah. But, of course, that's a ridiculous thing to put in a movie. But they they were building toward it at one time. When they first... It might have been the end of the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where uh, they... they the, the reveal of Thanos. Yeah, when the other who said the Chitauri the Ch- for Loki... Says attacking Earth would be to court death. So they alluded oh, to it. Oh, yeah. Okay. But the Russos came in and were like, no, no, no. We're going to rebalance, we're going to give a, a balance patch to Thanos. <laughs> yeah, we're going to rebalance his character. Re- change his motivation a little bit. And now it's actually believable and, and yeah, grounded. Way but 
Thanos' whole thing is he is, and I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but it is mentioned, the word is mentioned in the comics, Thanos is a nihilist, believes in essentially nothing is completely amoral he just wants to reduce reduce the resource load on the universe okay and that is what he believes is the right thing to do yeah and they exemplify that perfectly in this movie because he is not evil he is a monster but he is not no evil he 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 loves life he loves not humanity but creation i guess everything Yeah. And he has a deep respect for the things that want to fight to live the most. And that's why he spares those. Yep. It's. And he's. They do such a great job of humanizing him. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that was a cosmic test that, that proved that he is capable of love. You cannot refute the fact that he's capable of love because he got the Soul Stone. If that was false in any way, it would not have worked. Which, the fact that they chose to make Thanos cry and mourn what he had done, so smart, so humanizing. In that moment, when he snaps and he sees baby Gamora, possibly maybe through reality and soul and time stones, I don't know. I don't know what that moment, I can't claim to explain that moment, but when she asks what did it cost and he says everything, Mm -hmm. he means it. Yeah. All of his children are dead. Mm-hmm. Or hate him. Nebula's still alive. Yes. Because she's not technically a living thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, like, all of it, like, everything they give him power, his power structure is gone. His armies. Yeah, his army is decimated. Decimated. All he has is a hut. And uh, he, he does exactly what he said he was going to do. Mm-hmm. He's going to watch the sunset on a on a thankful universe. Yes. Well, maybe not the thankful well, part. Yeah. But I mean, he does watch that sunset. But but it's just like I don't know. Mike <laughs> the thing that I wonder Yeah. And maybe this will never get brought up is when he snaps his fingers, the infinity gauntlet, like all the stones are broken and his arms all messed up. But he used it. He, he used the power again. Yeah, but because he used space to get to the hut. Oh, maybe that was in his first thing. He's like, kill everybody and put me in a hut. <laughs> well, I don't know. What if he walked to that hut? No, we, we see him disappear in a portal. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, well, I was I was wondering, like, maybe he was like, I did what I wanted. Don't want this thing anymore. I don't know. I don't know. I Who can say? I mean, obviously. Okay. So, like. The thing about the Infinity Gauntlet that they didn't talk about is that, yes, it can harness the power of the stones, mm-hmm. but until you have all of them, you can only use one power at a time. Oh, Which I see. we see in the movie, sir, like a stone will light up when he uses a power. Mm-hmm. So he, he uses destruction to destroy the moon. Yeah. Then he uses space to teleport the moon chunks. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. I had no idea. When you have all of them. You can use them all. You can use them all. And basically become a god. So, uh-huh. like, if you have a wish, using the power of all of them, apparently you can snap and make the wish come true. Yeah, that, that's what the, that's the rules of the movie. Okay. So his rule was to des- to to reduce to kill half of everything, mm-hmm. and so he snaps and that happens. Mm-hmm. If someone were to want to undo that, yes, they could just get the gauntlet. <laughs> uh huh. 
and the snap. But it was crazy to me that one of the one of the more uh, kind of dire fights, the fight on Titan, kind of culminated in them almost just pulling his glove off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it was. They didn't have a better plan. I mean, it was. They almost did it. Yeah. And then a character from a movie I've never seen just hit him in the face. You never saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Never seen either one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, so that I think those are the two Marvel movies I've never seen. That well, and the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk. Oh, well, I haven't seen that either, and nor I don't think anyone should. But. So you you don't understand why exactly? <laughs> yeah, he punched I'm, him in the face. I'm maybe missing <laughs> some of the largest pieces. I mean, I understand that Thanos, at least in the comics, is responsible for Drax and responsible for Gamora and plays a lot into the Guardians of the Galaxy as characters. Yeah. So how how did Drax get made? Um, he's, that's just what he looks like. Okay, because he, I believe... He's the, an alien race. I believe in the comics, Thanos crashes to Earth, and like... That's not, no. And kills somebody, and then the hatred turns so, turns a man into Drax. Okay. It's bad. Alright, so in the movie, Drax is, is a member of an alien race, and Thanos killed his wife and daughter. Ah. And... That's that. So that's the story. Man, really condensed. Much better. Much better. Um, Much I mean, better than the comics. Kind of like the same The same thing as Gamora. It, yeah. Drax is another Thanos baby. The, not baby, but you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. I mean, Thanos has a lot of babies. Orphans of Thanos, they call them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even though they're, they're all fully grown, they still call them orphan, orphans of Thanos. I, uh, man... It's a good ass movie. It's it's really good, and and I'm not saying that I want to see more failure in movies. I just want to see it exercised as an option. I totally agree with you. I think that we live in a place, especially uh, where you have something like the Disney Corporation putting out Marvel movies, and it feels like the stakes are so high that failure is not an option. Yeah, I definitely like the idea. That going forward in Avengers movies, we don't have safety in knowing how it's going to end. Exactly. Like even in like even in the newest Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi, which was kind of it, you can't help but compare it to Empire Strikes Back because it's in the same place uh, chronologically. It's the middle movie in the trilogy, mm-hmm. and even in that, they they. That's not a victory for the resistance. Yeah. It's a crawling away with your tail between your leg. Mm -hmm. But they, I mean, the whole... It's not an abject failure. And the thing about Star Wars is hope is always, it's it's a thematic Mm -hmm. element of that series. So they're never going to end a movie without hope. Yeah. But that hope is not a thematic thing for the Marvel universe. So we can... Ain't, like I, I, I saw this movie with a coworker of mine who's like late thirties, mm-hmm. early forties, and he, he turned to me and he's like, "They got to do something at the end credits to." M- <laughs> I come to these things because my life is hopeless. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and I was like, "But it was good though." Yeah, it was good. It was really good. And he was like, "I don't care." Oh, that's. <laughs> There's got to be something. Well, there certainly was. Well, there was, but yeah, made me a little bit sad because they had there was a 
decision made that I disagree with. Oh. So Nick Fury, the character... To make the pager look all steampunk? No, no, Nick Fury, the character, has been missing in the past couple of Marvel movies. Don't know if you noticed. Yeah. Don't know if it's because Samuel L. Jackson doesn't want to do it. Uh Uh-huh. And I thought, and I I told my fiancé this before the scene came on, if there was any way to get him back, it's here. Mm -hmm. It's now. And so... It's, of course, he's back. The scene happened. He's there with Maria Hill. I'm like, this is it. Maria's yeah. going to disappear. He's going to be back in the game. Mm-hmm. Then, and they, then, they, then he gets dusted. He gets dusted. I, and, and uh, I completely disagree. I I like Nick Fury very much as a character, kind of throughout the Marvel Universe. Not a huge fan of the Samuel Jackson version of Nick Fury. Uh, kind of think he's one note. It, it didn't affect me that much, but... Uh, when that Captain Marvel logo came up, I was like, yay! Yay! <laughs> More movies I, I have to watch. Yay! I, oh, no. I mean, it's fascinating to me that that is the choice. There's no hope there. No, yeah. Because it's a lead-in to a movie that takes place in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. I guess between that and Avengers 4... So here's my take. Let's speculate. All right, we can speculate all we want. I think Avengers 4 is going to reverse a lot of this. Of course. Uh, Because here's the thing. The refrain... This movie and Avengers 4 are sister movies. They're tied together. They're they're tied together. It's not like Avengers 1 and Age of Ultron. It's they are two pieces of the same story. When they were first proposed, when this whole Phase 3 was proposed... uh, Three and four were going to be a part one and a part two mm-hmm. under Joss Whedon. Yeah, thank God. When Joss Whedon was removed from the product eh, project and the Russo brothers were, were brought in, they said, we're not doing a part one and a part two. Mm-hmm. The first one's going to be called Infinity War. The second one's going to be called something else. Uh-huh. Are they doing four? They are doing thank four. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, thank God for that. And I'm pretty sure they were filming stuff at the same time. Yeah. Um, but... I think it's pretty obvious now. You don't really consider... Because a part one and a part two implies that part one didn't end. Or, you know... Yeah. Part one because, is not complete. Because if you made it Infinity War part one and it ends with that, you're like, this decision means nothing and will be yeah. reversed. Well, it's just like they broke the Hobbit movies into different parts. Mm-hmm. No movie is contained, self yeah, you know, no sustaining. movie, no movie stands on its own as as a piece of art. When you're like, oh, but what's part two about? Or exactly. this is part two. What about part one and part three? So I think that that the mentality there is we're not doing part one, part two. We're, Avengers: Infinity War will wrap up what it starts, and it does. It does definitively. It uh, also introduces elements that are a little troubling for the rest of the the franchise, and so that line need to be addressed in the next Avengers movie. Which is next year. Which is which is next year. Now, here's my two thoughts. Hear me out. I'm hearing you. So, Avengers 4, who's gonna die? No. Oh, the no. rest. But the... Thanos decides to snap again. Here's, here's, he accidentally snaps again. Here's my genuine thought. Alright, I'm sorry. So, Avengers 4, there's one thing that's probably gonna happen, and one thing that I wanna happen. Alright, so what? let's start with the thing you want to happen. Okay, what I wanna happen is, it's Avengers 4, right? Only four Avengers in the movie. Uh, so there was this comic in the 90s. Fantastic Four. Called Avengers Forever. 
And it was after members of the Avengers had left or died okay. that the Avengers had a switching up. They became uh, younger and and cooler, and it was very different. Ant-Man and the Wasp were there. Hey. hey. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Hey. Squirrel Girl or whatever. No. But <laughs> Veto. Hard pass. Uh, but no, Avengers Forever is the Avengers did an about-face. A lot of the Avengers had died or moved on, so the Avengers became this newer thing made of newer people now that's obviously not going to happen but avengers 4 avengers forever perfect okay kind of like a justice league international where it's like hey booster gold and yeah the better ones (laughs) the better ones uh but the fact that the avengers that are left over are the more seasoned ones makes me think that the thing that's probably gonna happen is probably gonna happen which is Avengers 4 is the first time in the uh, Marvel business that both Robert Downey Jr. and uh, I was Captain America and Chris Evans only are contractually obligated to be in one more movie. They have not extended their contracts anything beyond Avengers 4. Everyone else has standalone movies going on past Avengers 4. And the refrain in part one if you want to call it that and be reductive, of this two-part adventure is you don't trade a life for a life. Captain America and uh, Iron and what Tony ab- Stark. What about two lives for half of all lives? No, I, I seriously think that at the very least Tony Stark is going to die to reverse what happened in Infinity War. If not him, then Captain America. Probably both. You're probably, probably going to lose them both. We don't trade a life for a life. But yeah. two for all. It it is it was a refrain that kept happening both between Vision and Steve Rogers. Okay. And it also can but that same thing, that very same dialogue kept happening between Doctor Strange and Tony Stark, where it was a negotiation of we don't trade a life for a life, or what would you do if it really came down to it? I saved the stone. Yeah, I saved the stone. Yeah. So I I think that since both of those characters had those dialogues throughout the movie and the Russo brothers are smart, that is going to play into their ultimate demise in Avengers 4. They, they're going to meet up after all these years after Civil War. So like one year uh-huh. after Civil War, <laughs> be on screen together for the first time. Because I don't know if you noticed, Cap and Iron, that's what I call them, <laughs> yeah. weren't in the same scene Mason ever. Mason and Dixon. They even, even had a phone, an old flip phone. <laughs> and they never... Never never called. I mean, that would be... I feel like that would so, be thematically perfect. They've been at odds. They come together to die. This is what happens. The entire movie is them getting to the hut. Yes. I don't know how they do it. Doesn't uh-huh. matter. They see each other, shake hands... Take out two guns, <laughs> shoot themselves, yeah. and everything's reversed. Yes. And the Russos are just, they put themselves as cameos clapping. <laughs> yep. They stand up like at the end of Citizen Kane yeah. in black and white. But they come in from the side, one from each side, doing that. Like, yep. finally, the dead were the Russos. I'm Joe Russo. Ooh. I'm an actor. Uh, yeah, that that's a that's plausible. I think I that's I a, I think that's a plausible ending. Oh, I I don't know, and I I don't want to speculate. Oh, I, sorry. Well, no. I, okay. I mean, I already did some speculation in that the Gauntlet is involved. Mm-hmm. 
somehow, mm-hmm. Thanos will we, return. Will return. So we know he's in it. I don't know. Yeah, How do you fix it? I time travel. Time stone. Time stone. Time travel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, they really fucked up the potential for time travel by having, by having him take that time stone. Yeah. It's kind of the only thing that we know that I mean, I mean, reliably alters time. Here's what we know. We know Ant-Man and the Wasp is debuting this year, is premiering, is coming out this year. And we know that they're going to go into the, uh, whatever, the small world mm-hmm. to re- re- find that. <laughs> they go into the small, to find, you know, there are actually six complimentary stones the small stone yeah yeah the stone that makes things small did you see it man yeah all right so, so we know they're gonna go get that dude's wife from the small world what exactly fuck it man and we that also movie was not good we also know that it's it's taking place before infinity war yeah because how, <laughs> because because like how would you do it after oh man oh man here's, what if what if they pulled like a marvel tv show thing where ant-man just walking around it looks in the newspaper it's like oh it's such a shame about all them superheroes dying and they just throw yeah. it aside that goes great. to a street level justice how do they fucking address this in jessica jones <laughs> i don't think look because none of there's no media coming out between now and avengers 4 okay uh, Good. So I don't think they're gonna. <laughs> I think they're gonna let the the stupid shows be separate and just pretend like they're connected. Like New Daredevil season, he wakes up, turns dust. <laughs> Here's what they do. Yes. Ant Man. Beginning of the movie before Inv- Infinity War, they go Small World. Uh, they go Small World. A little movie. They come back out of Small World. Uh, the end of Infinity War happens. Oh man, they're like, why is all this dust in Small World? <laughs> they're like. Why is what's his name? Um, the actor Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Why is Michael Douglas dust? Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be good. Yeah, and then and then and then and then the movie after that's Captain Marvel. Marvel. Not Shazam. Not Shazam. So Captain Marvel, she can do she stuff goes with into the energy. small world. Oh, yes. I don't know her powers. It's also in the nineties. It's in the night. It's in the 90s, but she's also in space, yo. They had the space in the 90s. Look at the remake of Lost in Space starring Joey from Friends. Really? Uh-huh. Don't look at it. It's bad. People are just saying good things. Oh, no, 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 no. Not, not... Ne- not Netflix. I mean the, oh. the late 90s, early 2000s oh. remake of Lost in Space Never that mind. came out. Never mind. Dangerable Robinson. Right. Look. All I know is... Apparently, Captain Marvel has something to do with energy... Energy fist Manipulation. Sure. What if she gets a blast to buy a gauntlet? <laughs> what if that happens? Mm-hmm. What if? Then what she if... snap. <laughs> then she snap. And kills Captain America. <laughs> she she snap. She has a mental break. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she, she's like, this is my home world. Titan. It was a happy world. And then Captain America starved everyone to death. <laughs> my one mission is to snap my fingers and kill Captain America. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't claim to know the future. <laughs> Look, know. of the 17,602,000 possible things that could happen in Avengers 4, there's only one in which we win. Yeah. And you know what I want to see? What? Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It's just Rocket. 
<laughs> Literally everyone else, all of the other guardians dusted. I'm okay with that. What a beautiful rabbit. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. That was a that was a Norse mythology joke. They didn't have raccoons. They had rabbits, so he called them rabbits. Yeah. Okay. Because the raccoon... I don't know why I'm saying it like that. You know, rocket raccoon. <laughs> the raccoon is a North American animal. Which is why he'd call it a rabbit. Yeah, because he doesn't know what a rabbit is. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Man. All right, so... I've, oof. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's, Failure is always an option. Failure is uh, definitely an option. I want to see Mission Impossible fail. Fallout? No. The uh, next one after this, when, the, yes. when they realize, oh, our, our heroes can fail, I want to see... Bring failure back to cinema. Yeah. Bring the possibility of failure back. Movies are too safe. They are. No one's safe. No one should be. No one should be safe. You should never go to the movie expecting a good time. <laughs> yes. Uh, if I went to every movie... And there was a danger that an infinity war could happen to me. I'd be on edge. <laughs> All right, so it's, it's the next James Bond movie. Uh huh. Maybe Daniel Craig. Who cares? But M, M is there, da, 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 and da, 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 maybe it's da, da, da. no. That's the Mission Impossible. Maybe right. it's maybe it's Ray Vines. I I don't care. So M calls up 007 and says, "We've got an infinity war." <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes to him and he's like, Cox's gun turns to dust. <laughs> the gun turns into dust. No, he turns into dust. No. No, no. He cocks his gun, just shoots a person, and he looks at the camera and goes, Yeah. That's right, you don't know you don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> and then he shoots himself. And then the gun turns into dust. <laughs> and then it like pans down and Captain America's sitting on the ground like, Oh my god, boom, James Bond Infinity War. <laughs> And then after credit scene, Charles dance. <laughs> yep. With Ray Fiennes, they both walk through yep. a courtyard. And at the same time, they say, let the games begin. And then they both turn into dust. Man. Oh, that, you... that end title splash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when the failure... When the failure thing happened... Yeah. I was like... Just let it cut to black. And it did. Yeah. I was like, just let it be this. Yeah. Let it be sad. I almost wanted there, and I know they couldn't do this because they're standing on 10 years of tradition. I wanted there to not be an after credit sequence. I wanted there to be no hope. Nothing. That That's probably the one thing that the studio didn't bud, wouldn't budge on. Be, I... Because they didn't put a mid-credit. They did not. They only put the very ass end of the credit sequence. They put it after the theater lights come up. So badly did they not want there to be yeah. an end credit sequence. Well, well, that might also be with your theater. Because like as soon as the credits started, my theater turned the lights on. Okay. Because mine went to the usual part where it's like flashy credits are over. Fade down, and then the lights came up, and yeah. then the credits kept going, and people started leaving, but they started leaving like standing up and like looking, looking no, at the how screen. How good, no, like how how awesome would it have been for no no that I, I when I was watching, I was like, it has to be nothing, and then just Thanos will return. Yeah. Oh, that would be the after credits thing. Yeah, just Thanos will return. Yeah, and and, and so good. We're out of time. We're out of time. But I just when that flashed up. 
Because I, I had been saying during the credits, I was like, Thanos was the protagonist of that movie. When that flashed up, I was like, called it! <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, two things that I heard leaving the theater. A child leaving said, I'm never seeing a movie again. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and then uh, when the Thanos will return thing came up i heard someone say and why would they do that <laughs> why why are they rubbing salt on my wounds why would they do that man uh the thanos will return and i discussed this with you where i thought it would have been cooler if thanos dusted but the fact that he survived great knife twist yeah and th- they linger on his face just long enough where you think maybe that's going to happen it's like nope yeah nope I, honestly it's Kind of reminiscent to, like, I don't know, The Graduate? Yeah. They get on the bus? Yep. The, they get on the bus and, and that's then, like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, like, the shot lingers and lingers and lingers until the fact... They're no longer smiling. Yep. They're realizing, uh, what do we do? Yeah. Almost to a degree, Thanos is kind of like, I have no purpose now. So he's just going to get bored, snap the other hand. <laughs> yep. Kill everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. Bring everybody back. Oh, and, okay. and then do it again. Just keep <laughs> snapping. Just keep doing it. Oh, man. I really like this movie. I need to see it again. I want to see it again. This movie made me something that I haven't been in like four years, which is hotly anticipating a Marvel movie. Exactly. Which is, I, I don't care. Ant-Man is my least favorite Marvel movie, I think. Nope. Thor Dark World. Followed by the first Thor. <laughs> <laughs> the first two Thor movies are very tragic. Yeah, no, they're very bad. Uh, and I, even if it's fucking Ant-Man and the Wasp, I badly want to see it. Yeah. Just I badly s- want to see it because I want to pay respects to this franchise that now, to me, is breaking new fucking ground. I want to see what they do. I want to see if they do end it with all hell breaking loose because how else can you justify yeah. doing this movie right now? You can't have normalcy in something that takes place in that timeline until the next one comes out. Yeah. I And I need to see it. And I know there's a bunch of movies already announced, so it's like, okay, whatever. I don't care about that. Yeah, there's going to be a Black Panther 2 and a Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I, I know shit. all that. I know all that bullshit. I don't care about it. What I care about is what happens next. Yeah. I find that a lot of people are having the conversation of, how are they going to come back? I'm like, I don't give a shit about that. I just want to know what's going to happen. Yeah. I just badly want to know and what the fuck they're going to do with it. And when it happens, we'll do a supplemental reading. And I predict we're going to be very disappointed. Yeah. We're very like-minded about this stuff. We like when bad things happen to, <laughs> to good characters. Yep. Not out of any sort of, like, vindictive thing, just because it's interesting and because no one really does it. Yeah, which is why Infinity War is great. Yeah. I don't even know how to... How do you end this? Yeah. With no hope. We end this with no hope. (laughs) Oh, man. Wouldn't it be amazing if we ended the episode with, like, a dust blowing in the wind sound effect and I'm like... Oh my god. And then we do like the stinger. I don't know. That's too hokey. We're That's gonna, too hokey for a supplemental reading. You're right. We, we would <laughs> we would never we would never wink. We would never do that. Ever. Ever. We would never do that. Yeah, we would why in the world would we Oh my god. 
Okay, just kidding. That's gonna wrap up our discussion of Marvel's uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Wait, what was it? Marvel's Avengers. Marvel's Avengers Infinity War. And uh, if you have some thoughts or feelings about this particular piece of American international, it doesn't belong to us, film literature, you can send your thoughts either by email at g- <laughs> at zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your letters, send us your feathers, but don't send us your betters. <laughs> or if you just want to have a, you have a little short, sh- little short sentence you want to send, you want to send it on twitter.com. You're like, oh, we got to find him on twitter.com. We're at ZCPCWHJ on twitter.com. And you can send us anything you want. You can even, look, even like the Twitter app right now, it has this cool feature where you can make a whole long thread and send them all at once. So it doesn't even have to be, who cares about character length? We forgot. We forgot. What does it stand for? Oh, you were prepared. I I was going to spare you. No, you forgot. It's just you forgot that crucial part. John, what does ZCPCWHJ stand for? I'm glad you asked. It stands for your search ZCPCWHJ acronym did not match any documents. Suggestions. Make sure all words are spelled correctly. Try different keywords. Try more general keywords or try fewer keywords. All right. Thanks for covering that. And uh, we're on Facebook every other day. You can find us uh, searching Zero Credits Facebook. We're going to delete it maybe soon. Probably not. Eat it, Zuckerberg. I mean, it's it's still a good sort of reflection of who is interested out of our friends and no strangers. Uh, What else? We play video games and stream them on Twitch.tv. What? Zero Credits (laughs) slash... What is it? It's Twitch.tv slash... Zero credits. You're so much better at this than me. We're also on iTunes, and right right now, and always, we want you to go on iTunes, write a review, leave a little review, leave a little five-star rating, four-star rating, three-star rating, doesn't matter. Do that, and we can, like, keep climbing them charts, and then what's Mark Maron gonna do? Assemble all the infinity stones and snap his fingers to make sure we don't exist? Oh my god. And as always, word of the mouth is the only way for us to survive. So just in a conversation about, you know, this movie, you could say, hey, man, did you see, like, Marvel's Avengers Infinity Zero Credits War? And, and then they're going to they're gonna ask about Zero Credits. And then, boom, you got that date. It's subliminal marketing, Wolf and White Van. Exactly. Wolf and White Van. Don't buy a stereo from a white van. But that's it. That's the social <laughs> media plus. Yeah, you did a good job. And from everyone here at the Zero Credit Studio Apartments, we would like to wish you a happy week. Not Infinity War? A happy Infinity War! (laughs) Wow. Well, yeah, that's it. That's the last thing people say. I'm not used to not getting the last (laughs) thing. That's why I'm talking so much. Bye. Bye!
Good episode. All right, I need you to, to fade, like, start a sentence and then fade mid-sentence. Oh, uh, so you want me to... Here, so let me understand. So you want me to start a sentence or... Oh, God. We're going to do it three times. <laughs> That's... <laughs>